0: This morning I thought I'd just continue on actually after our uh, baby dedications and talk about building healthy children because uh, you can no longer take that for granted today in our society that people have an idea about what uh, they're doing as parents and how are we to be with children, how we are to raise children. And I don't know if you saw yesterday too, we found out yesterday that we're having our fourth grandson now, (laughs) my gosh, so we've got, uh, thank you, three sons, a Rwandan son that God gave us, and then four grandsons, and Lara is the princess on the top of the pie, she is getting anything she wants, anyway. (laughs) But uh, we, it's so many boys now, it's amazing. So I was thinking there's no way Nathan Kerry could be having <laughs> could have another boy, but it's a boy. So four grandsons now. But uh, how you are with your children is so important, and how you are with your grandchildren is so important. And uh, the Bible gives us some ideas on how to do that. And uh, Sue and I had to learn the hard way. Both of us uh, were not from healthy families at all. Our parents weren't healthy. Um, And so we had neglect, we had abuse, we had emotional neglect. Uh, And our parents didn't mean it. They weren't planning to do that to us. It's just they didn't know any better, and they were pretty well adults in their 30s, 40s, and 50s trying to deal with their own pain, and as you know, my dad became a really uh, very aggressive, uh, psychologically damaging alcoholic, but really, that's really his childhood. And so he's the victim of his parents' pain. And here's the thing, everybody Um, if you come from a broken background, welcome. We seem to draw quite a few people at Global Heart Church who are on the page with Sue and I. If you come from that, here's the thing you can be the chain breaker with God's help, with God's help. You can be the chain breaker. So everything that Sue and I just didn't have and didn't, we just were like, oh my gosh. We hoped and prayed and said, Lord, help us and help us to apply your word, your word. So we held hands at the end of our teen years, I think just before we got engaged. No, when we got engaged and said, Lord, help us now to apply your word and to follow you. And, uh, and I remember saying, hope it works. <laughs> And uh, four decades later, we can tell you that it does when you do it God's way, when you do it God's way. So um, so I'm going to talk about that, building healthy children in the time that we are got. So once again, Deuteronomy chapter 5 says, Oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would fear and worship me with all-filled reverence and profound respect. Wow. Right there's a fantastic line for every family. Oh that they had such a heart in them. The Bible's not taking for granted that we have that heart. It's say, the, the, in Deuteronomy, there, he's saying, look, I hope they have that. Wouldn't that be amazing? That they had such fear and worship towards me, says the Lord, with all-filled reverence and profound respect. There's our, there's our basis, everybody, for family. Let's have profound respect for God profound respect. Let's teach our children that. Your children can't have mum and dad what you don't have. It doesn't usually happen. So we've got to remember that children follow their parents. So if you have a profound respect for the Word of God, if you have a profound respect for Him and then you example it, not tell your children, hey you need to have a profound respect. You need to have a reverence. No I need to have a reverence and a profound respect. And if I model that and lead in that and suit us to, then the children end up picking up on that because they see the fruit in you. So we need to be asking ourselves as parents, are children seeing fruit in us? That makes them want to do likewise in Jesus' name. So I heard um, recently a psychologist, she's a really older lady now, and I don't know if anybody saw that interview, I just killed it briefly, but she just talked about that the last three decades on the earth that the world has developed due to, um, if you remember the age of Aquarius in the 60s, thanks for nothing for that this freedom time, right? What happened is it just ended up, everybody started sleeping around, we're all free of all bounds, restrictions, oh my gosh, we're all free. And now they put decades of people into complete bondage. So all that freedom caused people to leave their families, walk out in their children, walk out in their marriage. um, And then it started getting pregnant everywhere. Sexual disease took off. Um, So then we had babies we didn't want everywhere. So then the culture became about getting rid of all the babies that we created. So then we became, you know, abortion became, uh, started out as like, oh my gosh, a hidden thing. Now it's promoted in the culture, as Graham said. And so everything, when you let it start, sin looks so, it doesn't look like much. But if you allow that in your life and you allow to go into agreement with these things, it soon becomes a tsunami that takes over your life. And so this psychologist came on and said, listen to this, she said, we now have three decades of people in the Western world, particularly with attachment issues. She said three decades of it now. With serious attachment issues because what happens is you're meant to uh, have strong emotional, physical and when they're little, um, uh, you know, relational attachment to your parents. And so many of us today are suffering because, and we don't know why and why is that happening, but She's saying the majority of it will be attachment issues. You see, isn't it amazing, you see people in Hollywood who, you know, we look up to, we like quite a lot of them, and they're like, why has that person died at such an early age? Why has that died? With all the fame, all the love, all the money, of the, the love of the world towards them, yet people end up losing their life, taking their life. Why? It's because they're lost. People are lost, because it doesn't matter what we come up with, it doesn't matter what you come up with, you're designed for attachment, attachment. And so God's plan is, in case you're wondering, hang on, your parents were pretty good, but you still feel lost, really, you're designed for attachment first with God. You're designed for relational attachment first with God, and then with people, and so it's God, then it's meant to be your parents. Plants need attachment. You don't have a plant growing if it's got no soil to attach to. Um, everything, you know. Uh, fish have got to have water to survive. Well, humans have got to have attachment to be well emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. Because they're now discovering why, right, which is what the Bible's been telling us uh, forever, that... Um, You know, attachment and what's happening to you emotionally and spiritually affects your health. It's affecting your physical body. And some of the things, you know, that have caused many of us to be unwell is because our hearts have been unwell, our minds have been unwell. Um, So you need to uh, ask yourself the question, here we go, adults. How am I going at attachment? Am I in church 47 Am I in job 49? You know, am I in another relationship? And I've been in so many. Really, the issue is not that you've got more relationships, more relationships. The issue is attachment. So, and the ability to attach to your family... Um, and not perfectly, we're not talking about perfect everybody everybody's on different journeys, different ages, different backgrounds Sue and I have been on a long journey, four four decades recovering from our childhood to be honest Um, and so but that attachment phase if you look around and go how am I going and have longevity of attachment that is so connected to maturity more than you know where people think "Oh no, they just that 's just me. I just move around cities. I just move around churches. I just move around relationships. I get bored so easily. Mm, maybe not maybe it 's an attachment issue god 's not against adventure he 's not against travel he 's not against different things. but many times, if we come to the bottom of it you 'll find it 's actually probably in your life between naught and seven. An attachment deal if you've got a strong, a strong issues there. Watch out for detached people. Here's what I discovered about detached Christians. Detached Christians detach people. If you're around detached Christians who are detached, they're kind of detached from church, yet they're a Christian. They, they, they wander the churches. You have to watch out for that because detached Christians have unaddressed attachment issues. Unaddressed, not addressed in their thinking, not addressed in their mind or their emotions, probably don't go near it. So their ability to detach is not due to health spiritually, it's due to attachment issues that they're not understanding that they have. So I think, so thank God, I smile now because Sue and I have been in church, what is it next, this month? 25 years. Yeah. And we've been, you know, and then we were in the church where we were being trained up and then planning churches, 12 years. So we've not wandered around. And, uh, yeah, we're we're pretty stable. Well, actually, Sue's very stable. (laughs) So, and, uh, yeah, so very grateful for her. So watch out for unattached people in your life. You need to think, "Hmm, will I become unattached if I'm with you? Because, and then the reasons people detach is because somebody has a lack of attachment. Giving your thoughts, throwing out thoughts to think about. Mm. So, babies in the womb, what do they need? They need attachment. But let me just tell you this babies are not parasites. I was having a look at this uh, this week, too. It says that. Um, Uh, I was reading some medical stuff and it said babies can heal their mother in utero. The baby, not only is the mother giving from the placenta, but the baby's actually giving uh, cells to the mother passing that can give her immunity and can actually be healing the mother in utero. So for all this uh, parasite conversation from these uh, people who are coming out saying, oh, the baby's just this. No, it's not. The baby actually can heal the mother in utero. And I read this too. Fetal cells enter the mother's circulation from the baby and can be doing beneficial work in the mother for up to 20 years after the birth. <laughs> Go, bubs. Fetal cells could be helping mum recover after birth, many doctors say. Uh, And they found the baby's cells in the mother's bone, liver and lungs. In a way, the baby is giving back for what it has taken during pregnancy. So watch the world again. They're always coming up with something for a reason to be able to end the baby's life. And then we need to realise, hang on a minute, the the Bible doctors actually are saying that the baby's actually can actually in utero be helping heal the baby but babies and children everybody needs strong emotional attachment babies do a lot of times you'll see people think oh my gosh that it's you're don't, you're a boy don't be a wuss don't be a wussy boy you know I won't cuddle you too much won't have too much affection uh your children need as much affection as you can give them And as much love. They need words. For people to flourish in life, we need words. Did you know that? It may not be your number one love language, but you still need them. And uh, we need to be giving words of affirmation to our children, words of love. You need to tell your children I love you. Not like, oh yeah, I told you 30 years ago. (laughs) No, you need to tell them I love you. And uh, you need to give them affection. And um, and, uh, we need to be affirming them that I believe in you you I believe in you and even when they're little and they get out of control never say to your child you're a naughty boy or a naughty girl what you need to say to them is hey um and by the way was, I always got down low I don't know if this is the, the right thing to do but I always get down and have a little um just come with me I'd go to that little soft voice and I'd watch the, Nathan's eyes roll back in his head like what's going to happen it's like a horror movie I just, the soft voice, come with me, right? So, but I'd always say, and Sue is so good too, because Sue would always say, hey, what you're doing right now is not appropriate. It's not good what you're doing right now. You're good, but what you're doing is not good. And then we take it from there. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and if we could, it could escalate, but we'd just it'd go from there. So, um So everybody said, don't rush your children out the door, by the way. Do everything you can to fight to be connected to your children, mums and dads. The culture is pushing this disconnection. But I think if you now see around the world, all we've got is people who are unwell everywhere and they're taking up space on the internet. Uh, Really, they need counselling, but now they're being promoted by certain ideologues. So we need to realise, hang on, people need help. They don't need to be given a platform for their dysfunction. Um, And... uh, Isaiah fifty four again, once again about the word of the Lord. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Everyone, that's a great way to see if your children are doing well in life: is there peace in their hearts? Do they go to bed with peace in their hearts? Have a think about that. Do my children go to peace with bed with peace? And the scripture saying there, your children shall be taught by the Lord. Well, I believe the best way to teach them uh, the Lord, from the Lord is through His word, but just don't be religious with it don't be religious with it. That's the key thing. Your children don't need religion, they need fun and love, in Jesus' name. So we're going to make our children feel safe and secure, mums and dads. So that means, don't have erratic changes in your life. A lot of us who had erratic parents, you need to say, Lord, help me now to not do that. Actually, I think I rebelled against that and became normal. It was good. (laughs) Became quite responsible. Actually, I did become really highly responsible. uh, Too responsible at one stage. Actually, is a form of... um Adjustment and rebellion. My rebellion was to be responsible. So, but don't make erratic changes. It doesn't help children. Yeah. And in in the home, just remember, you want to build a platform and a home of peace. So, I can I encourage all the parents? Really, work not to be yelling in the house. You don't want to yell because it, it really affects children's hearts and spirits, and it affects whether they feel like they can trust us. So, we want to lose the yelling thing because, uh, especially when they're younger, this this whole sense, spirit is forming, their heart is forming and we can uh, be impacting that in an unhealthy way if we're yelling don't expose them to sin don't expose your children to sin, if you've had a broken and sinful life, just watch that you are not exposing it's amazing how children will tell you, oh what's that? Even in the culture now, you watch children concerned about the culture. They're looking at what the world's doing and they going the world's clapping sin and the children are like, you can see there, so many children are affronted by that. Don't expose them to sin. Fear. Some people think it's great to make your children afraid. Three-year-olds don't need to be afraid. Seven-year-olds don't need to be afraid. Ten-year-olds, they don't need you to get them at the top of a cliff and go, hey, this is good for you. No, from naught to 21, they need you to have, be building absolutely security around them. And then from 21 to 91, they'll go, well, the world does the reverse, right? Um, pastor Spencer, who's our pastor in Montreal, I don't know if you remember, but Pastor Spencer, he tells the story of how his mum was doing the New York uh, parenting that she when Pastor Spencer, who's now 50. Is he 50 yet? No, no, nearly. Gee. He looks young, right? Looks young. Anyway, but he's about to be 50. But his mother did the New York experiment where he was a free, go free range as a child. And so he was free ranging in London. And he said to me one day, that worked well. I became a crack addict and a heroin addict. Everybody, be careful of the theories of the world. He ended up nearly destroying and taking, and ended up his life was nearly taken because of that. So don't expose them to fear. Watch this Halloween thing. Oh, my gosh. Everybody, do not enter your children into that. People who've been involved in occult said that that, though we all think, it, you know, not us here at Global Heart Church, but people in the world think it's a big, oh, isn't it funny and isn't it cute? They're like, people coming out of occult and out of witchcraft who get saved say it's not cute at all, the, which was sacrificing on that night around the world. They're doing major blood sacrifices, The occult's involved in it. It just puts spiritual blindness on everybody. And we need to keep our children from that stuff. And and when you think about it, why on earth are we celebrating the dead? Why are we celebrating death? We need to celebrate life. (laughs) Amen. So just be careful because these things impact our children. A couple of th- here's some thoughts too that, you know, Sue and I uh, gleaned as we went along is, you know, with your children, uh, turn your phones off when you're with them. So many times we go to restaurants or cafes and I'm watching mum or dad or if they're on the own with the kids and they're on the phone the whole time and I'm like, they don't realise that right now they're telling their children a huge message. If you're on your phone with your children, you are telling your children you're not that important. In fact, you're, you may be telling your children you're not important at all. So we need to turn off our phone, possibly put it away would be best, because you want to make sure that you're telling your children you are more important than my phone. You're more important than people in my life. And, uh, and you need to tell your kids that. So take the phone and put it away. And if, it's, if somebody needs to get a message to you, once you've finished with the kids, turn your phone back on. But, uh, yeah. And also, by the way, my mother never sat down. She never sat down. Even till she was into her... Yeah, she would have been 80. I never saw her sit down. She was always running around, always on the move. I think she was trying to run away from life choices. And so I said to my mum, Mom, you're 80 now. Do you think you could sit down? And really what she was doing, she was escaping connection with her children, grandchildren. Uh, but she would always be on the go and she didn't need to be. So can I encourage all the mums and dads, sit down with your children. Yeah, that's really good. Learn to discipline yourself to say, right, tell yourself now. I have to tell my, that that was modelled to me my whole life. My dad was either gone or my mum was running around. So I've had to go and then Sue's helped me with that. <laughs> like, could you sit down please? I'm like, oh yeah, right. And then also to, uh, you know, everybody who's got a little bit of... Um, Perfectionism. You know, relationships are more important than perfectionism. And, uh, and I used to as well say to Sue, We can't go out. The bathroom has not been cleaned in a month. It's terrible. And, uh, and really, I was exaggerating. And I don't know if you guys remember the story. Sue was so funny to me because I used to not like going to the park with the kids because the park for me as a kid was terrible. My dad would be drunk. He would turn up late. It was always like this stress. So going to the park when the boys were young at the start, at the start was a big challenge. And then one day I was like, and then I had a perfectionistic side and it was with bathrooms back then. I don't know why. But anyway, so anyway, and then Sue one day, she's all sweet and nice. Then Sue says to me, now listen to me, you're getting in the car right now and you're going to smile at those boys and you're going to be very happy. And I don't care what happened in your childhood. Your childhood's over, but theirs is starting. (laughs) So you're going to get in the car. You're going to go on the swing. Oh, my gosh, you're going to love it. And she goes, and it's going to be a great time. And when they all move out the house in, oh, my gosh, about 15 to 20 years, you can clean the bathroom for the rest of your life. <laughs> I was like, right, I'll leave that. No, I'll leave that. <laughs> that was one of the best personal sermons I ever got. <laughs> I went, I'm going to the car now. Right. <laughs> so, so, and Sue was absolutely right. She was absolutely right. And even though I'd had that background, she was saying, hey, you need to change that now uh, for them. Yeah. Can't change yours, but you can change it for them. Um, so last couple, I've got to really race now. Don't tell your children your problems, mum and dad. Yeah. Don't tell your children your problems. You need to lift weight off your children. Don't tell them what's weighing you down. Don't tell them about your sex life, please. <laughs> You know, we counsel people when they come and tell me. My parents always would tell me about their sex life between each other. Everybody, the stuff that goes on. Anyway, don't tell your children your problems. Don't weigh them down. You need them to be free. Don't tell them what's happening in your relationship. You need to get a friend, or friends, or a counselor, or a pastor slash counselor. But just don't give your children what's happening in your marriage, what's happening in your life. That's not for your children. You need to lift them up and keep their hearts and lives free. Don't, you, don't put down your children's other parent. If you're having a fight with a mother or the dad and you're a parent, don't tell your children about that. And definitely, listen, never put down your child's other parent. Never. Let me say it one more time. Never put down your child's other parent because your child is half of that person. And the only one you're damaging is, not the parent, they're not hearing about it. Listen, you are psychologically, emotionally and mentally damaging your child. So don't, my mum would do it, love her. She'd come and tell me my dad's 47 faults. I knew them all well, right? That did not help hurt him, but it hurt me cuz i was just carrying all this stuff that was there and she didn't mean it she didn't know she wasn't doing it on purpose but she was just letting it go but it wasn't doing anything it was just hurting me everybody can i encourage you keep your kids out of that kids kids out get a life where you stabilize stop moving Stop moving everywhere. Stabilize in Jesus' name. Unless, of course, God's called you. If God's called you to go there, then be accountable with that. Have people around your life. Be an accountable Christian. It's wisdom. It's safety. Safety for you. Safety for the hearer. Safety for your family. Safety for your marriage. Safety as a Christian. You need safety. So do it if God's called you, but make sure you're accountable to it. Um, don't allow offence, mum and dad, into your life that you then give to your children. You don't want your children carrying your offence with something. Every offence is a rich opportunity to learn to forgive. So every time I've been offended, the Lord said, well, Jared, what a rich opportunity you have today to forgive. Wow. And in doing so, you can become more like me. And I always say, thank you, Lord, so much for this powerful opportunity. (laughs) Jesus says, let the children come unto me. Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, mum and dad. Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, Jesus said. Can I put in there, mum and dad? Don't stop your children coming to Jesus. For such is the kingdom of God. Let them come to Jesus. Let them come to His house. Let your children love Jesus more than He, they love you. You want your children to love Jesus more than they love you. That's going to be healthy. It's going to be strong. They'll love you, but they'll love you because you let them love Jesus and because you let them to Jesus. Socialise your children in the house of God. Help your children socially. Don't have your children hiding behind you. It's like, hey, there they are. They don't like people. No, teach them to be like people. Teach them to be social. Teach them to greet people. I'm liking Micah. Micah's going along to kids. Hello, my name's Micah. What's your name? He's two. <laughs> I'm like, how good is that? That's going to stand him in good stead. Well done, parents. Um, so let your children be able to greet people. And as I said before, help your, help your children to know God. Talk about God. Tell them the good stories. Tell them the good testimonies. Connect them beyond you to the house of God, Mama and dad. Connect your children to the house of God. Connect them to the youth leader, the young adult leader. Let them be free, not in the kingdom. <laughs> Our boys are very healthy today, but Sue and I were not like, hey, be with us. We don't want you over there. Just be with us. No, me and Sue, we're your parents. No, that would be such a lack like of wisdom. We said, no, go over there. Be released. Become part of the family of God, the body of God, body of Christ in Jesus' name. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's okay for your kids to get lonely too. Sometimes we're so busy trying to get friends into their lives. It's okay for you to be lonely. One of the best things you're gonna have, people say to me, oh, I feel lonely. Good. <laughs> you're like, Pastor you are you crazy? No, what happens is so many times we've got people in our lives as a distraction to actually getting Him in our lives. We're so, I need that person. and We're always like, people, people. people. No, no, let people go out the frame. Out of the frame. Jesus, come in the frame. You, yeah, you'll be. You'll be surprised how your heart feels, how you begin to get free, you begin to mature when your key relationship is with the Lord. And you get to know Him. Have your Bible app on. When you start in the morning, have your Bible app on. Have a proverb a day as well where you're listening to it. Be in the New Testament. Get started. Two chapters a day, one chapter a day and a proverb. Wow. You'll be getting wisdom, especially if you're a new Christian, that will get you going for the day. Um, Yeah. Amen. Oh gosh. This is good stuff. I'm enjoying this. Make your children feel valued. Make your children feel valued. And the Bible says to the dads, dads, don't provoke your children to wrath. Train them in the admonition of the Lord, but don't provoke them to wrath. Make them feel valued in Jesus' Name. In life, teach them manners. Amen. Some people grew up, now families had no manners. And then we think, oh, that's fine. We're just, we're not being posh like you posh people. No, posh people in brackets, people with manners, they get the job. (laughs) 20 children getting a job. Man, people with manners get the job. They get the right connections. People with manners get promoted. And, and when you teach your children manners, it's not being posh. You're teaching them to respect themselves. Number one, respect yourself. Then respect others. Isn't that so good? Then people want them. I wanted, See, I wanted people to like our kids. We want people to like our grandkids. Whereas a lot of people, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know that child's coming over to a party and you're like, oh my word quick tie everything down because mum and dad have never stopped to love their child enough to teach them manners where they respect themselves and then respect others which is we don't touch everybody's things in the house when we go there that's not what we do you're explaining to them the why but you're helping your children and guess what they're going to grow up with great respect for themselves parents use your words carefully and choose them carefully not swear words at your children don't swear in front of your children Swearing is an undermining. It's undermining. There's nothing beneficial in it. And, uh, and we don't want failure words with our children. Oh my gosh, you got 95 out of 100. I'm speaking to all the Asian children right now. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but we have, we have parents, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, you got 95. What happened? Rather than like 95 out of 100. Well done. 90 out of 100, well done. For me, passing, well done. So so we need to be celebrating them and and not thinking that they failed because many of us came under that from our parents. We were never good enough. We were never good enough. Listen, let your children know that they're good enough and they've done well. Done well steward them because they don't belong to me ultimately they belong to God and the last one is start to discover who God says your children are and who God created them to be don't tell your children well you're going to be a lawyer that's what we all are that is such a pressure for children who hate law (laughs) that's not good parenting we need to go who are who is this child What's their gifts? What's their talents? Find out who they are. Find out who God has made them to be. And then work in your life to cheer them on. Cheer them on in Jesus' name. <laughs> Our grandsons are genius with puzzles. Micah, oh my gosh, he's a little genius. So he's two years old. I'm there with the puzzle going, all right. <laughs> I got a two year old comes on. Doom, 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 doom. Uh, There's a couple of gifts right there, you know. But everybody, there's clues in your children that are leading to where they're going to best flourish. Let's let them flourish in Jesus' name. And then guess what? You'll flourish. And as grandparents, you'll flourish even more. Can somebody say a big amen to that? Come on. (laughs) The overflow will all flourish. Can you stand up with me, everybody? Can you stand up with me? Who's coming up? (laughs) No, you come up with me for a minute. I was going to pray for you and then Geordie's just going to close. So let me just pray for you. All the parents and grandparents particularly, all the single people believing to be married. No? (laughs) I thought I'd get a little, yeah. Okay, moment gone. Anyway, (laughs) but let me just pray for everybody. And, uh, And also too, many people don't have families. You can be a great spiritual uncle and auntie. And there's a lot of people that I'm not related to who I'm encouraging and being a spiritual uncle, spiritual dad too. So this can be employed by everybody. So let me just pray for everyone. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your Word. Just pray, Father, today, Father, give us wisdom. Father, help us, Lord, to realise that our children, Father, ultimately belong to You. They're a gift from You. Help us to give them back to You. But Father, help us to steward them well. Lord, I pray for everybody who's come from some challenging childhoods. Father, has attachment issues. Well, Lord, there's so many, Father. I just pray, Lord, now, help there to be healing there. Help them to be saved. Help them to attach to You, Lord. And Father, I pray, help them to attach to their, their family where that's appropriate, Lord. If they've got healthy family, let there be a, a right attachment there. Father, I pray if there's wrong attachments, help them to have wisdom, Lord, to uh, Lord, move away where there's damaging attachment. But Father, I pray too for every believer, help us to have an attachment with the house of God, with the family of God. Lord, we wouldn't be independent Christians, but Father, we would grow and mature and realise, Father, we're called to be uh, attached and and in relationship in the body of Christ, Father. Pray that now and pray your blessing on everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today.